0: Welcome everyone to the SCORE Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Boone. Appreciate you joining me here for another Friday Injury Show. And I don't want to waste a minute talking about the Raiders-Rams Thursday nighter because, man, that was a brutal game. It was cool for Baker Mayfield and the Rams the way it finished. But fantasy-wise just a big mess all around so let's just get into the key injuries for week 14. i got a ton of player names on my list probably too many here but i gotta be thorough i don't want to do anything half-hearted so we'll start with quarterbacks and i don't think the ravens have officially ruled out lamar jackson for this week but that's going to be announced at some point today i'd imagine i mean he hasn't practiced at all the timeline as we discussed all week long One to three games likely. And Tyler Huntley, he's going to step in. Should be a mid-range QB2 thanks to the rushing ability. He's not Lamar Jackson, but he can do enough to be an average bye week replacement. Have the odds spiked week when he's out there. I'm not sure that a spike week is going to come against the Steelers defense, maybe unless TJ Watt, unless he misses this game. I know he's had an injury this week, but still think he's probably going to be out there for this one. Even still, the Ravens, they just don't have enough playmakers. It's Mark Andrews. That's basically it. So Huntley, a QB2 fantasy option. Patrick Mahomes, he revealed that he suffered a bruised foot near the end of last week's game. Not something that you have to be worried about. He just, I mean, he didn't seem concerned at all. He just brought it up, I think, to let people know. I don't think it's going to impact his play. Just worth noting in case something happens during this game that makes it worse or unless it pops up again moving forward. Trevor Lawrence, he didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday due to that toe injury. He's expected to practice today and then they're going to see how he feels on Saturday before they make a decision. Lawrence said that he expects to start, but we don't know if he's going to be able to go or not. I don't think we could just trust him on this one. So we'll have to see what happens over the next 24, 48 hours to see whether it could be CJ Beathard getting a start in this game. And Beathard wouldn't be fantasy viable. I mean, he would just be a low-end QB2 or Superflex option, even though the matchup against the Titans not a bad one i mean tennessee giving up the fourth most fantasy points to quarterback so if lawrence is active he's going to be a borderline low-end qb1 probably more of a high-end qb2 just due to the risk of re-injury there but we're gonna know more after today's practice and we should get an update on that one saturday at some point on the other side of the field in that game i should say too, ryan Tannehill apparently dealing with a new ankle injury it's different from the one he had earlier in the season when he missed some time but he was limited on wednesday Got back to a full practice on Thursday, so he should be fine. And he's probably going to be without one of his best pass catchers. We do have to say that. I don't want to spoil anything for later, but... He is probably going to be without his best receiver, and we'll get to that when we get to the receiver section in a little bit. For now, we'll keep moving on to running backs. Joe Mixon, he missed the last two weeks in concussion protocol, but he's been back to full practices. He should be cleared to play this week. And the matchup, it's a good one, too. He gets to go up against that Browns run defense. The only question is going to be whether Samaj Piran has earned more touches just based on how well he's played over the last couple games when he was starting. And no, I don't think we're talking about him taking Mixon's job. I don't think we're even talking about. A 50-50 split or anything like that. Mixon definitely going to be the lead back when he's healthy, but Pirine could siphon off a few more touches now that he's shown the team what he's capable of. So that makes Mixon more of a fringe RB1, RB2 for this contest. And Pirine, Pirine would be a flex option, but a guy that I don't think you could feel that confident that he's going to necessarily get double-digit touches or something like that in this game. Saquon Barkley. Wasn't listed with an injury on Wednesday. Then he pops up with a neck issue and a limited practice on Thursday and Friday. And initially, I didn't think this was going to be a big concern at all. But then Brian Dable came out today. And he said that Barkley's status is up in the air that they might have to wait until Sunday before they know whether he's going to play. So essentially that he's going to be a game time decision. He said that apparently the neck is still pretty sore. So it could be gamesmanship because he was still doing some work out there at practice, but neck issues can be legit, especially for a running back. And i'm concerned now i will say i'm concerned that barkley could miss this game against the eagles it's also a bad matchup even if he plays if he's not 100 he's got to go up against that eagles front so we'll see if we get any updates here over the next day or two but barkley more of a low-end rb1 or rb2 this week due to the injury and the matchup and then if he can't go matt Breda, gary brightwell they would team up to replace him and in that scenario I wouldn't feel good about either guy as more than a really risky flex option. Breda would be the one if you had to pick between them, but Breda still just kind of an unappealing flex option there. The Seahawks backfield. So we have Kenneth Walker with the ankle strain. He jammed his foot. We talked about that all week long, that jammed his foot has this weird injury. It's not an ankle sprain, it's an ankle strain. You have his backup, DJ Dallas. He's dealing with an ankle issue as well, and Pete Carroll suggested that that was of the high ankle variety earlier in the week. Neither of those guys practice Wednesday or Thursday, so not really looking good for them heading into Friday. We did get Travis Homer back at practice, though, this week, and he's got a knee issue that he's dealing with. He's up to full practices now, though, and Homer, he looked much improved earlier in the year. He's got the pass catching chops he can be a decent fill in here on top of the fact that his only other competition for touches might be tony jones jr who is more of a grinder type didn't really impress last week so if walker and dallas are out which right now i'm expecting you know barring any surprising developments over the next 48 hours then Homer's a pretty intriguing RB3 flex option. I think there's some upside there. He's going up against the Panthers. They're a top 10 matchup in terms of fantasy points allowed to running backs. So Homer should be picked up everywhere right now. I put him at the top of the stash section and starts at stash quit this morning, but he's somebody that you could actually end up putting in your lineup this week. Leonard Fournette, he popped up with a foot issue on Thursday, and then he wasn't seen at practice on Friday. So if that's the case, if he ends up being out It could unlock Rashad White again, although I will caution the matchup here against the 49ers is not a good one, but White's pass catching upside, I mean, that alone makes him worthy of low-end RB2 status if Fournette's out, if Fournette's sideline. So keep an eye on updates there, but we could see White have a much better outlook for fantasy in this game if Fournette isn't playing lots more running backs we got to get to here mostly good news for the rest though Deonta Foreman somebody we talked about on Wednesday's show as an underrated player who could finish the fantasy season really strong he's got a foot injury that kept him out of practice on Wednesday but he was back to limited on Thursday and both he and his head coach Steve Wilkes they said all week long that they expect him to play And now he doesn't even have an injury designation heading into the weekend. So that is very good since he's going up against the Seahawks. Seattle giving up the second most fantasy points to running backs this year. So as long as the game stays close, which it should, because we know Foreman not really involved in the passing game at all, doesn't get many targets. So needs the game to stay close. They need to run the ball a lot. I think Foreman's going to get a big workload in this one. I think he's got a great chance to deliver as a top 20 option this week. Najee Harris on the Steelers. He was a DNP on Wednesday. He was back to limited practice on Thursday. He's managing that oblique injury. There's no signs that he's going to be limited at all this week, though, at least not by the injury. He's got a matchup with that resurgent Ravens defense. That could be the bigger problem for him. So he's a low end RB2 for fantasy this week. Michael Carter on the Jets. He missed time with the ankle injury fortunately he is back to full practice this week he's not even on the injury report anymore so then it comes down to how the jets are actually going to deploy their backs because Donovan Knight has been really, really good in Carter's absence and Carter went healthy. He was solid too. He wasn't great. He didn't overly impress anyone, but he was good as the lead back when he had to step in there after Brees Hall went down. So according to Robert Sala, Knight isn't going anywhere. I project, I think both guys are going to be used here with Knight having the edge and touches and goal line work, Knight being more of that low end RB2, high end RB3, and then Carter being more of a flex play against the Bills. And then we'll reassess next week, but I think that's going to be it moving forward. I think Knight is the better fantasy option for this week and probably for the rest of the season. J.K. Dobbins, he's been out with the knee injury, but he's back practicing. John Harbaugh said it's possible he could be activated to face the Steelers. And even if he is, it would almost be a bad thing for fantasy because it would turn the Ravens backfield into even more of a committee. So it would make Gus Edwards, Dobbins, and Kenyon Drake all really, really hard to trust, especially with Lamar Jackson missing time. So we're going to monitor this. If dobbins is out another week then edwards could be an rb3 flex for you drake would be more of a risky flex in that situation and then if dobbins is active I'm probably shying away from using any of them this week until we see how it actually all shakes out. And then one more running back, Damian Harris, not practicing, likely going to be out this week and potentially longer. He's got that thigh injury. We don't know when he'll be back. So, Ramondre Stevenson is an RB1 for fantasy. He is a top five fantasy option in my rankings heading into that Monday nighter against the Cardinals. Really like him this week and the rest of the way. Let's keep it moving here. We'll go on to receivers. Jalen Waddle on the Dolphins. He had the leg injury and now they're calling it a fibula. And i'm not sure if i've ever seen anyone listed with that unless it was fractured or broken but that's not the case with waddle he was back up to a full practice on thursday so he's gonna be good to go this week he'll be a low-end wide receiver one for fantasy t higgins back on the injury report he was added with a hamstring issue on thursday and soft tissue injuries midweek don't like to see that could be a little scary but maybe this was just the Bengals playing it safe because zach taylor came out on Friday he said that higgins is going to play which means that higgins should be in that low-end wide receiver one conversation like normal for fantasy two if he did end up being out though jamar chase he would get a small bump tyler boyd he would be thrust back in the wide receiver two mix for fantasy and it would also make Trent irwin a dart throw flex at receiver because you have hayden hurst out at tight end Uh, spoiler there we haven't got to the tight end section yet but hayden hurst probably not going to play this week mitchell wilcox his backup He could step up i mean he's not really that appealing of a fantasy option but he would even get a little bit of a bump into the low end tight end two range but really irwin would turn into that third option but we're spending too much time here because higgins is probably going to play so not really worried about that if he was out joe Burrow also would get knocked a little bit but hopefully taylor's telling the truth hopefully higgins is active and we don't have to think any more about that one kind of weird here with the browns receivers so amari cooper dnp on wednesday limited on thursday and then DNP on Friday. And he was listed as non-injury related rest hip. And then we also have David Bell in that same receiver room. He was limited on Wednesday and Thursday. He's got that thumb issue. He was also expected to miss practice on Friday, but apparently both Cooper and Bell are going to play this week, according to Mary Kay Cabot. So I'm not convinced just yet, despite that report, I want to watch for more updates. Cooper's listed as questionable, but at the moment, Anyway, it seems like they're both going to play, but I'm kind of, I'm cautious about that one. I want to see more updates over the next couple days and we'll see. Hopefully we get something overnight on Saturday from Adam Schefter, Ian Rappaport that confirms that. So Sunday morning, we can feel confident about that one, but right now I'd keep an eye on it. Debo Samuel, He's been limited this week with a quad issue. This is just his routine now. He's limited in practice. He plays through it. We'll see how he performs and how really this entire 49ers offense performs with Brock Purdy at quarterback now. Samuel, he should have the best shot out of those receivers to keep producing. I mean, just given his role, right? His backfield usage, the different ways that Kyle Shanahan schemes it up to get him the ball. So Debo's is still a low end wide receiver too for fantasy. That could drop depending what we see from Brock Purdy, but I think Debo is going to be okay. Mike Williams, aggravated that ankle injury a couple weeks ago, but he's back to full practices. So if he plays, he's going to be more of a high end wide receiver three, just due to the risk of another in-game aggravation. Maybe he misses time, but if he's playing, it moves Josh Palmer down into that risky flex territory. It also, it's going to knock DeAndre Carter just right off the streaming radar. Gerald Everett at tight end too, he would take a slight hit. Keenan Allen's the only one that Keenan Allen finally healthy. He's locked in as a high-end wide receiver too, regardless of Mike Williams playing or not playing this week. And that could change moving forward, but this week... I still have Allen as a very strong start, but we want to see big Mike back. We want to see him out there racking up yards, scoring touchdowns. Hopefully he's close to himself down the stretch because we don't want to get teased again. We don't want to see him go out there and then have to leave mid game. That would be awful. Uh, the Broncos receiver depth chart they there in flux too. Cortland Sutton. He's been missing practice with the hamstring injury. Looks like he's probably going to be out this week. Jerry Judy, he's been limited in practice with an ankle, but he was limited last week and he still played. So the expectation here is that he's going to go again Gannon was sutton out, It's a decent spot for Judy. I mean, the Broncos are going to be forced to pass more against the Chiefs. Judy, he's been all right for fantasy when he has been healthy this year. He's a low end wide receiver too for this one. And Kendall Hinton becomes a pretty sneaky flex option at receiver with Sutton out. I also really like Greg Dulcich to step up again at tight end. We talked about him earlier in the week. So, you know, I like him as a tight end one the rest of the way. I don't think we have to talk any more about that. I mean, he gets an even better matchup against the Cardinals next week too. So definitely get Dulcich in your lineup. Deontay Johnson on the Steelers, he's had a pretty disappointing fantasy season so far. He's got this hip issue. It limited him on Wednesday, led to a downgrade on Thursday. So Friday's session is going to tell the story. And if he can go, then both Johnson and George Pickens, they're going to be volatile, flex plays, the wide receiver three kind of range. You know, they've been like that most of the year. If Johnson is out though then Pickens gets a bump up into the high end wide receiver three range. And I wouldn't really look to any of the other wide oats in that offense. Instead, I would just turn your attention to Pat Fryermuth at tight end. He's a top five option at the position on a regular week. And this would bump him up another spot or two as well. Trelon Burks in concussion protocol, not practicing, ruled out this week he is not going to play and that's been the case with a lot of guys that have gotten concussions this year they miss at least one game after it happens and that hurts ryan Tannehill's streamer potential like we talked about earlier and it's really hard to trust any of the other titans receivers even robert woods because they just haven't been consistent all year they've had far more useless fantasy performances than they've had difference making weeks and you know woods could be a wide receiver for flex but Man, I hate the idea of having to start him in fantasy right now. Elsewhere in the AFC South, Brandon Cooks, Nico Collins, they're both trending towards not playing this week for the Texans. Cooks has a calf issue, Collins with a foot injury, just a disaster for the Texans' offense. And if you're desperate, you could look at Chris Moore as a risky flex, Philip Dorsett as a dart throw. The tight ends might be a little more involved. So Jordan Akins, he's in play as a streamer, but it's not an offense that you really want to be in on for fantasy, at least not if you're a competitive team, not if you're trying to win a title and make some noise in the, the fantasy playoffs. You don't really want to have to be relying on Texans. I'm going to try to speed it up here. I just want to hit on some more deeper receivers. Corey Davis on the Jets. He got back to practice after dealing with an illness earlier in the week, so he should be out there against the Bills. He's a flex option. Kadarius Tony, he's practicing, but he's coming back from a hamstring injury and he hasn't really been a quick healer in the past, so I'd be cautious about putting him in your lineup even if he is active. We just need a little more reassurance either from the team or from the reporters that they think that he's good to go and good to play and the way they're spreading the ball around. I mean, Tony would just be a risky flex if he does go this week because he's another guy that soft tissue injury. You'd be worried about him aggravating at some point during the game. The Cardinals, they still don't have Rondo Moore practicing and Cliff Kingsbury didn't seem overly optimistic about more playing this week. when he he talked about it but Greg Dorsch he is back to full practices and Kingsbury did act earlier in the week like he thought that Dorsch would be good to go so Dorsch is a deep flex here and just remember earlier in the season when Dorsch had some big games it was when all those other receivers were out of the lineup they had all those other injuries that's why he was getting a ton of volume but deandre hopkins marquise brown they're out there they're going to dominate targets so greg dorsch not really somebody that you feel great about for fantasy he would just be a deep flex like i said a quez watkins he was limited on thursday with the hamstring injury that's his second straight limited practice so he's trending towards playing he's been a deep flex option with tight end dallas goddard out could be one here again unless the Eagles just destroy the Giants in which case I mean they might not have to use Watkins or really anybody in the passing game that much they might be able to run all over them so keep that in mind if you're thinking about putting Watkins out there in a flex spot and James Washington on the Cowboys looks like he's going to be activated from IR so you expect him to factor into the number three receiver mix for the Cowboys but he's not a fantasy option I mean unless an injury occurs above him on the depth chart and then maybe that opens something up but right now you're not looking at him as a fantasy option at all and then a couple tight ends that we got to mention here david and joku he said he was feeling good earlier in the week that he'd be ready to go he'd be ready to actually play with deshaun watson now that watson is back in the lineup he had the knee injury that kept him out last week but he was practicing this week Seems like he's ready to take on that same role that he had earlier in the year when he was a tight end one in fantasy, was a very good fantasy producer earlier in the season when he was healthy. So I'm a little cautious still in his first game back, but I have him ranked as a top 10 option and hopefully he can avoid another injury. Hopefully he could be a really strong play at a position that desperately needs strong plays. And hopefully Njoku's is going to be out there for the stretch run. And then Hayden Hurst, I spoiled this one earlier, but he's unlikely to play. He's got that calf issue. So Mitchell Wilcox, a very deep fantasy option. He's going to step in as the Bengals starter this week. Not a lot of fantasy upside with Wilcox though. So just keep that in mind, but that is all for today's show. Go check out the rest of my content the rankings the trade value charts starts at stash quit it's all available for free over at the score as are the previous episodes of the podcast this week, or you can get those on your podcast platform, whatever you prefer, however you like to listen to it, you can do that. I'll be back Sunday. I'll have the rankings updates on Sunday morning and at 10 30 AM Eastern, I'll be answering your questions on the scores main Twitter account as well, like we do every week. So hopefully you're going to join me for that. But until then, big thanks to everybody who participates in the Twitter spaces Q and A that we've been doing on Fridays this year at 1 PM. I wasn't able to do it last week. We got back to it earlier today. They were really fun. I've really enjoyed getting to talk to everybody and go back and forth and answer a lot of questions. So big thanks for that. Big thanks everybody out there for listening, and we will see you next time. Said leave on time, my baby said leave on time, leave on time with me tonight.